Baby, it's cold outside. The song's about rain. Oh, it's cold outside. Hi, this is Michael Winslow from Police Academy, Wonder Infinity, and Space Balls of Mel Brooks. And you're listening to The Frosted Side. Shut up, Sneery! Yeah, man, Frosted Side. <laughs> you may start your show now. In the year 2017, two complete strangers with flex time on their hands meet at a Simpsons trivia night outside of Boston. Together with their powers, they created the Frosted Side Podcast. Their mission, these two hosts join forces with a guest to review an episode of their favorite cartoon, as well as a cereal chosen by the guests themselves, and eat it on air. Radical! Their mission as listener is simple. Okay. Don't touch that dial. Grab a seat in front of the TV, but not too close. And don't pick at the marshmallows, because here comes the Frosted Side. With the Daves, Dave Morrison and Dave Lindquist. holidays everybody welcome back to the frosted side i am dave morrison and alongside dave linquist hey dave how are you i am awkward pause right there yeah right (laughs) no i'm good man i'm uh, you know all is well here it's a new baby in the house so things are you know chaotic and not well rested there but you know this time of year you know holidays coming up i i'm good spirits think peek behind the curtain we're recording this thanksgiving week uh thanksgiving is has always been my favorite holiday i was born on thanksgiving Uh uh-oh we gotta cancel you thanksgiving's your favorite holiday pilgrim you genocidist uh, (laughs) i'm just kidding no no uh but um birthday's the day after this year doesn't quite line up i always do a pie instead of a cake for my birthday nowadays kind of my thing but oh what type of pie uh, we alternate. I, uh, I, I any and everything. I was a big pecan one for a while, kind of fruit pie sort of guy. Um, oh, I forget what the the one we did last year was. There was one uh, kind of like fancy one with like raspberries and like rhubarb or something. Kind of all over the place. With kind of like a sweet tart almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was good. Uh, but uh yeah it's kind of a big birthday this year too so blueberry is a good classic one i mean i feel feel like you think of blueberry as like a summer pie so this time of year might not be the like ideal choice but i do love a blueberry pie now let me ask you this when you're done cooking do you ever put the pie out on the windowsill to cool like i don't know man people used to do back in the day would be pissed at me (laughs) who aunt b (laughs) aunt b would be really upset (laughs) Oh, and she'd come after you with a spatula. Mm. Yeah, I, I now, saw this. Don't you do that. <laughs> the last time I did that, I saw this kid kind of flying through the air, like wafting, being like dragged by his nose by the scent of the pie. So I was a little wary to try and do it again. You know? Wait, that's, uh, there, there's an actual uh, thing like that? There, that's an actual thing? 
Yeah, you just get carried through the air, you know, like every cartoon ever. I didn't know that somebody would actually follow the stench yeah, in the air you, like a Hanna Barbera you see, cartoon. You see, yeah, this the the scent trail. <laughs> oh man. Oh, uh, now I'm just hungry. follow your nose, <laughs> literally. Uh, I'm glad we have cereal to eat because, like, this is like okay. Now I'm in sweets mode. You ever have shoe pie pie? I think maybe once ever. It's like a it's like a chocolate base or like a no molasses thing, molasses. molasses that's it. A lot of molasses, and it was a depression staple because you didn't have a lot of eggs, you didn't have too much. It was mostly just molasses and flour and some vanilla extract. Mm. It's so good. I I haven't perfected my apple pan dotty, but there's nothing that screams Christmas like shoe fly pie and apple pan dotty but i'm a traditionalist when it comes to christmas traditions and even though I, i'm seemingly progressive i'm an old-fashioned guy I, I would love to spend a christmas just riding a horse with one of those mennonite hats and in those horse and buggies and okay jebediah let's go get the shoe fly pie and gather <laughs> so, the children around that that's my dream christmas and I, of course i think i had the new england version of this a couple of years ago uh we had a gift certificate and i went out and ate a meal at the uh wayside inn i think it, i think it's longfellow's wayside inn out in like sudbury this you know 200 something year old restaurant and, uh I think, is it concord i, I thought it was concord it. center because no, i would it, see the sign that say wayside inn on my way to school no, Sudbury. Okay. There okay. are probably multiple places named that, but yeah, Fair near enough. out in that area. But uh, um, similar dessert, uh, cornmeal, molasses. I had uh, Indian pudding there for dinner. Mm. Indian pudding. So this begs to go down a slippery slope on a lighthearted yeah. episode. Which type Why? of. Indian pudding are we talking about I, I, here? I, I, I'm actually curious about the origins of that. Like, was it actually a native food beforehand? I'm guessing no, with all the sugar and molasses and stuff in it. But there was corn. I don't know. Either way, taste tasty item. Uh, corn um, and limp biscuit. Yeah. Ha ha ha. <laughs> all right, we can drop this part. <laughs> yeah, we can. All uh, right, our Christmas holiday picks and. This one was a no-brainer for me. It was the first special that my mom taped for my sister Lizzie and I. And just before we get going, I want to congratulate my sister Lizzie and her husband Tim. Yeah, they're going to be mommy and daddy to little cutie pie. They're going to have a baby boy in the spring, due April. I'm going to be a human uncle Uncle for the first time. Not a fur uncle, but an actual human uncle congratulations that's so thank exciting all right, i feel like yeah, that's got to be a fun role like i uh i was a father before becoming an uncle so you can get that like you know get get to play with the kid hand hand them back buy them presents you know do, do the irresponsible things have the have the parents deal with it kind of stuff absolutely i'm gonna be the the negative influence so to speak actually i'm i don't think i'm a negative influence so you know despite what you read online about me i i think i'm a positive influencer that's exciting that'll be fun well thank you very much yes we're looking forward to it uh but when we were kids growing up in the 80s my mom taped this holiday special off cbs on the old wnev channel 7 which later became whdh tv this was when cbs showed 
these four specials in no particular order for the majority of the 1980s. Frosty the Snowman, the original with Jimmy Durante, which we're going to get into five years later with Twas the Night Before Christmas, told and sung by Joel Grey. And, of course, later on they had the Peanuts and How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And I think Rudolph was in there. And I think they still have Rudolph on CBS and Frosty, too. Which, uh, if you take away those those holiday traditions, there's going to be hell to pay, at least on my end. Or I'll just write something angry on the internet like everybody else. That's how I protest. But... They're still on, but back in the 1980s, they used to have five, four or five specials, and Frosty and Twas the Night Before Christmas were my holiday favorites. And the best part about that, Dave, is you have two holiday specials that are not only classics, but you have the commercials taped within the specials, oh, which I, I used to I was watch. Bring that and up. They, I love that. The best part is that you see the toys from 1987, which was when my mom taped it, December 9th, 1987, was the actual date. You have the Crayola Crayon Caddy. You have the Sunkissed Little Bites, the Dinosaur Bites, the M&Ms from that time period where the little girl, she's given Santa the M&Ms. So those were the time period. Uh, it was a special time period. And it really makes you wonder where the time went in terms of the holidays, because when you see things now, especially with Black Friday and people waiting in lines to get a discounted HDTV and what whatnot, you kind of want to go back to a time when neighbors were neighbors and humanity was seemingly a lot, a lot kinder. And those ads really reflected the time period when Christmas could be just Christmas, where you can actually look forward to it, when it wasn't just gimme, gimme, gimme. And I reminisce because I feel like we can go back to that time period, but I don't think we're ready to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I. it's funny you mentioned that specific year, 1987, because uh, that's when... Uh, the special I picked is like my favorite, but like also the additional like two or three that come to mind all come back from then too. It must have, I think it was actually me too, like a recording of a video. We, you know, taped a couple of broadcasts that year and then sort of, you know, I'll, I'd rewatch them in s subsequent years. So yeah, I, I've, I've got a few from that same year I wanted to touch on too. And I wanted to touch on this right away because it just popped into my head. Who out there still has the seven up Santa beard where you take the little cotton balls on each day and December 1st, December 2nd, uh, they used to come with uh, limited mark packages of seven up. You remember the ad with the little elves and Santa, you would put the, uh, the, the cotton balls. <laughs> Maybe it's just me, but it wouldn't know it exists. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Yep, this looks familiar. Now. You know what I'm talking okay. about? That you yes. would take it for yeah, each day, now. you would cover the, the little dots with cotton balls or whatever, and you would make a beard. Yep. That's what I always wanted. And my mom's like, no, no, we got the advent calendar. But that was <laughs> something I always wanted as a kid. I'm like, mom, I want that. And of course, I watched that years later and mm -hmm. I realized, oh, this was taped in 1987 or whatever. So I, I think it's past, but 
No, I growing yeah, up the those were around for. No, it was around for a couple of years, like 1985, 86 and 87 I think. And then oh, McDonald's when Ronald McDonald and Grimace and they had the North Star. Uh, that was pretty. Oh yeah, pretty sweet. yeah. Uh, it's a good time. It's a great taste at McDonald's or something like that. It's a good time for a great taste at McDonald's. Sorry, <laughs> I forgot. I remember that commercial vividly now that you mention it. No, oh, yeah. How so, could anybody so which of which that? of the two specials was the so one? So it was you Frosty the Snowman, uh, the original with Jimmy Durante. <laughs> Frosty and Karen, they had to get to the North Pole. That voice works. What a neat idea. The late great Jackie Vernon and Billy DeWolf, who was one of the great Broadway actors who was actually born and raised in Walston Beach, Massachusetts. And he was on a bunch of uh, TV shows in the 60s. He was a character actor who was actually one of the first openly gay Hollywood actors actors at the time when it wasn't really popular to do so years before Paul Lynn came out. Anywho, Billy DeWolf, he played the the magician and you recognize him because he had that very fussy, busy, busy, busy type voice. And of course, yeah. everybody knows yeah. the story. They build him during class and he comes to life with the magic hat and the magician. He kind of sucks and he's trying to steal the hat from Frosty. And they got to get Frosty back to the North Pole and Karen gets cold and and he, Frosty warms her up. And I thought that was just so kind as a kid. You know, he builds the fire for her so that she's not sneezing and passed out. And uh, yeah, did you not cry when Billy DeWolf, the magician, locked Frosty in in the nursery? Oh, God, that was with Karen crying. Oh, I mean a lot a lot of, there's there's a lot of emotion to some of these these holiday specials like Christmas specials specifically like uh the Garfield one which I think aired that same year there's this scene with like the grandmother mm. uh like l- lamenting on like Christmas's past and the grandfather her husband not being around anymore and like having passed away and Aww. she's sitting there with Garfield but like we but we've always had cats around for Christmas and they're playing some song on the piano i remember just being like oh like gut-wrenching like a lot of those holiday specials have like a little moment like that kind of like oh this is the saddest thing ever family circus 1979 when the grandfather passed before (laughs) uh little jeffy was born oh and he's trying to bring the grandfather back to life you go back and you watch it on youtube because I think it aired on Disney Channel. Disney Channel in the early 90s had a whole slew of every Christmas special out there. But I remember watching it years later, and I'm saying to myself, I'm going to cry. I'm saying to myself, this is making me fucking cry. Holy shit. I'm an adult, and I'm crying over something like the grandfather who's not alive and this poor kid, he's like telling yeah. his father, I saw a grandpa and the mother's like, no, you saw him in your dreams. Gra- uh, grandpa is physically gone, but he's still with us. Oh, I mean, that just, if that doesn't tug at your heartstrings, you got ice water in your veins. Oof. Still, still gets it. Somebody. 
Christmas that they aired with that Frosty is that the one um, where there are mice kind of doing the same thing at the same time as the pretty as much the human yep. characters they have so, that okay yeah so what a great as, pairing those two back great to back pairings. those are solid specials it's the classic Animagic from Arthur Rankin and Jules Bass and with the orchestration by Maury Laws this was one of my favorites years later. I watched it because my mom taped it and I didn't like it in the beginning, but as I got older, I appreciated it a whole lot more. And I think it's become my, one of my favorites of all time. The orchestration, everything was just lush and gorgeous. The animation. Uh, I, I think when we talk about Disney and we talk about Hanna-Barbera, we don't mention Rankin Bass too too often other than their holiday output and we often forget that they produced thundercats they were the ones that produced silverhawks and the comic strip and so many non-holiday output specials including the hobbit and lord of the rings um the the return of the king the fellowship yeah they did it all they they did a lot for childhood and they often go unfairly and criminally uncredited when people think about animation but it's really their work that speaks for itself and twas the night before christmas is a testament to that and it starts off in the turn of the century in this fictional town called junctionville in new york state so imagine probably somewhere around the hudson valley and it, 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 you, you can tell it's got the uh, the organ in the background, the snow falling, and it's Joel Gray who is cabaret and was uh, the father of Jennifer Gray from Dirty Dancing, Broadway legend, Oscar winner. He's reciting Whoa, I never realized for Christmas. That. You didn't know that. How did well, I never put that I'm together? Here. Oh, I did not know they were the same. That's so weird. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Just looking that's at them, I'm it makes here. sense. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. I'd never no, connected that. Genetics are a thing, oh. aren't they? So yeah. he's reciting it in bed, and he's a little nervous because he's playing Joshua Trungle who's a clockmaker, who's down on his luck, and then they cut to the mice in the hole and it's the father who's played by a legendary actor and country singer and broadway actor yeah uh george goble 
uh, who, if you don't know that name, it's because you got to go back on YouTube and watch Dean Martin, Johnny Carson, and George Goebel on an episode of The Tonight Show. And there's an infamous scene where uh, Johnny's head is turned and Dean Martin flicks his cigarette into Johnny's coffee. And George is telling a story about shooting down some Nazis in World War II, where he served like a lot of those actors at the time period. So go on YouTube and check out that and type in George Goebel, Tonight Show, 1968, and you'll see that come up. Anyway, he narrated and played uh, Father Mouse and the little Albert Mouse, the little the little shithead that ruins Christmas or in the beginning, <laughs> was played by Tammy Grimes, who was she was an incredible Broadway actor, too. She was, I believe, married to Sammy Davis Jr. at one point. She actually grew up in Lynn, Massachusetts. And oh, wow. she, yeah. And she was married to Christopher Plummer at one point. And I believe one of her daughters is still active on Broadway. But uh, talented, talented cast all around. Uh, then they have, uh, so basically, let me try to set the scene here. You have the. The townspeople, they're upset because somebody wrote an anonymous letter to Santa Claus calling him a fraud, and it turned out it was a little shit named Albert, who was what I call the early atheist, the early skeptic, basically saying that Santa Claus isn't real, get over it, and then the George Goebel, the father's like, don't do that. You know, you can't really predict things that you don't know, and even though the son is using science and logic and reason basically the sun was ahead of his time (laughs) (laughs) kind of what you know we need him now more than ever but certainly uh it it didn't help that santa decided that oh we're not gonna we're not gonna visit junctionville because of this letter because santa claus isn't real so joshua trungle played by joel gray goes to the mayor who was voiced by the legendary John McGiver. If that name doesn't ring a bell, it's because he was a character actor. He was in Midnight Cowboy, Breakfast at Tiffany's. His son, uh, Darren McGiver, was on The Wire and killing Lincoln um, later on. And uh, that is one of those actors that if you don't know their their names, you probably know their characters. But anyway, he he was a little uh, he, he, he was skeptical of how a clock could actually bring Santa back. And then they play Christmas chimes are calling Santa Santa. And the the mayor's like, yeah, let's let's approve of this. Let's build the, the clock uh, and play the chimes. And so all the people gather around Junctionville, all the townspeople, and they they do a little soft opening, and the clock goes kerplunk, kerplooey. And as we find out later that it was, once again, winner and still champion Albert, who decided, I broke the clock, and that pissed off the father, because the people are just broken at this point. There's no Santa Claus, it's cold and dark in Junctionville. And finally, the son realizes that I got to make this right. The father says, you've 
got to learn to believe. And that's when we come to the most infamous Christmas classic of all time. It's criminally underrated. Even a miracle needs a hand. Some hanging stockings, Dad. There's no one to fill them this year. Unless you believe in miracles. Now, don't go saying that. The night's not over yet. There's, there's always hope. Miracles happen most every day to people like you and me. But don't expect a miracle unless you help make it to be. So you hope and I'll hurry. You pray and I'll plan. We'll do what's necessary cause even a miracle needs a hand. It's a good lesson to teach the kids. If you do something wrong, try to make it right. I think that's a lesson for most adults. So Albert, using his trigonometry and algebra, decided, you know what? I'm going to fix the clock. And he did. And then Alan Swift, who played the voice of Santa Claus, was interesting because I asked my mother when I was watching it, why isn't Rudolph there? And my mom said, well, this was before Rudolph was created. And that answer wasn't satisfactory for me, but uh, it was true. Uh, backing up a second here, because mm. this is a question I've actually me been meaning to ask you for uh -oh. a while now. You know, you know so much about Rankin and Bass. Is oh. this is this the I initial thing that pulled you into to having like building up that knowledge base on them? Was it the holiday specials? Was I think it, it was have, just have, something. I know you have a particular affinity for Thundercats, but like you, you, yeah. you know so much about them as a company, and like I frankly, don't I, I, know I, I think why. Like, yeah, and I, I don't ask me why. It's in, in uh, it's one of those things that I'm not want to talk about, and it maybe it's in my DNA, but I grew up on it. It was something that my mom yeah. just put me in front of the TV and here you go. And she sets up the, the holiday parties and whatnot for my parents and uh, to have people over. And this was something that kept Lizzie and I busy, but it, it was something that we watched. And every Christmas, that was the thing that she remembered them for. And so she figured, oh, she wanted to pass it down. Now we watched Mickey's yeah. Christmas Carol, but that was really about it for, for holiday specials. The, this was, uh, yeah. the, the Rankin Bass specials were the ones that got, you know, got me interested. And, uh, of course, I think it was the logo that I thought was pretty cool with the signature and the blue yeah, R yeah. and the blue B. It is. I, it, I think, I, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of thought that with a little sig with the little keyboard and the bongo and in the background and, you know, I'm not going to hum the, the signature, but, uh, you you probably know what I'm talking about. I, I, I yeah. just I kind of liked it, and I kind of still do. It's kind of badass. Uh, I'm not anywhere I, near I, close to getting the tattoo of the logo. If anybody's wondering right now, <laughs> I just happen to know. But I know a lot about all the holiday pr uh, production companies. I know a lot about Hanna Barbera. That yeah, um, uh, Bill Hanna was actually one of the first Lebanese. Uh, creators, uh, cartoon creators uh, back in the day. Bill Hanna, Joseph Barbera, too. Um, uh, both had Lebanese blood in them, uh, but and which which is something that I celebrate. But uh, I definitely remember Rankin Bass standing out 
above and beyond. But uh, I, I'm pretty knowledgeable about any production company out there, Nelvana, uh, the Saul Group, SFM Media Corporation, and uh, I know enough about Deke. Remember those? Uh, <laughs> I was about to bring up like Deke and film, Filmation. Filmation. Oh, Filmation for, uh, for He-Man and She-Ra. Yeah. Yeah, I know uh, that. I know that I, stuff. I, I, I guess I ask because there's there's just something about Rankin Bass and specifically the holidays. I I bought the uh, there's like a DVD box set of mm. those two you mentioned, and then your you know your your Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer ones that are all done in that style. That I I, I don't know you traditional know you cell animation. And this is something that I tell my uh, tell my girlfriend Kimmy that she gets confused. She thinks it's paper clay, and I think that's a big misconception. No, it's traditional cell animation. It's stop motion, and it's basically doll-like creatures created in Japan, uh, Animagic Studios, and it's you take the pictures one by one. There there's footage of it, and it, it's. So, so traditional I, stop motion, not traditional cell, right? Cell, cell means cell like and on, stop. Right? Well, no, it, um, no, it, it's it's a combination of both, because they would add okay. the cell animation to the stop motion. Okay. So it's kind of oh, an amalgamation oh, so, of the like two. as like an overlay kind of thing. Okay. Exactly. It's yeah. yeah it, it, the the two have been amalgamated over time. Uh, so yes, but those you know it was something that got me into animation as a kid because I thought that was kind of cool. And I wanted to recreate that in my childhood years because as a kid, I wanted to be an animator. And my mom said, well, you got to draw, you got to do the flip pages and that's how, and that's how you do it. And I'm like, okay, I can, you know, I can try that. And and then I said, well, no, I want to create a cartoon using stop motion. My mom said, well, you'll take forever. And I'm like, well, those guys on TV make it make it look easy. And, I, and, and my mom's like, well, they've got thousands of people helping them out. But I, I was I was definitely a, a weird kid. But to be fair, if you're an artist, you're always going to be a little bit different. If you're creating art, you're always going to be a little off off the norm as people should yeah. say but yeah no i i mean for me it was just peace it, it brought peace and tranquility every christmas because christmas is a very chaotic time for a lot of people you want to go back to a time when everything seemed simpler it wasn't simple for a lot of people especially a lot of adults but these cartoons signify simplicity and the innocence in their eyes, the way that they would draw the doll-like creatures with, with their teeth, that's just so cool. It's the, 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 the yeah. buck teeth and the, and the, and the eyes and, and the hair. And yes, probably 90% of those characters were of the Caucasian persuasion. But you know what? It doesn't matter. It's still fun to watch. It's just innocence personified there's there's a time there's a timelessness to it yeah it's innocence personified innocence defined uh, you can watch a special and realize and i think arthur rankin said this years later before he passed away he said we want to create a special uh where 
the good guy always gets what they want in the end and the bad guy learns from their mistake and still gets what they want in the end and that's kind of the world that i've always wanted to grow up in where people yeah are yeah where where good guys win and the bad people learn and grow and society forgives and given what has gone on in recent years especially with social media i don't think we're anywhere near that right now and i worry that that's never going to be the thing but that's why i escape every holiday season and and i watch those specials specifically but you know i also like the newer specials too i love elf and this is a discussion that kimmy and i have because kim always says well he will ferals everything and i'm like yeah but that's kind of his shtick where he's dancing and he's doing whoop there it is in the basement of his father's company and it's early one of those it's before he's gone totally you know off the rails with it like they're not yep. like allowing him to improvise everything and that movie's got a lot of heart like like you're getting at with the specials you like there is a lot of heart to that movie a- like, anything with the, heart... beyond the chugging maple syrup there there's some right. like, sweet little <laughs> moments with the kids seeing santa and like needing to believe and all that kind of stuff like yeah that that's a good one i like it too that's what i'm all about during the holiday seasons anything that projects heart i'm there for if it's over the top and there's no lesson then i'm probably gonna just ignore it and i'm sure there's some holiday specials that are like that but that's what we used to get in these holiday specials that's why you don't see too many of them now and oh charlie brown christmas was another one that i watched uh, uh obsessively and i used to do the little you know peanuts dance with Vince Guaraldi. I used to do that on the, the mantelpiece. Oh, yeah. I, I used to. And, and, and oh, that's, yeah. a, that's I mean, another one that, that almost made me cry with that little tree. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> my God. Pathetic tree. Like, I'm going to shed a tear over that. Now, Dave, did you ever that feel me- that when you were growing up, you felt a little different and were able to relate to Charlie Brown? Like, with uh, the tree? Yeah. Yeah. I. I fancied myself more of a Linus, like the friend of the sad sack kind of. I can see you with that. I can see you with the blanket. With with my own little, like, kind of, like, needing to help the real depressive there and being like, hey, come on, buddy. Like, I can be here here for you. And Linus is great in that one, just sort of, um, like, of all the Charlie Browns. You're the Charlie Browniest. Charlie Brownest. But. That was another Peanuts and and Charles Schultz. That was another one where uh, I I grew up around that, along with Rankin Bass. And I think if it, um, you know, if it, you know, if if I wasn't watching the holiday specials, it was definitely watching Peanuts and um, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas. And I would always get sad watching it because when Lucy was just, I mean, can we can can we just say she's not nice? Can we just say that Lucy Van Pelt is not a nice human being, nor are Patty and Rita and Violet. Uh, Patty's Patty's cool. Patty's cool. I'm sorry. Um, uh, who's who's the one with the uh, the the orange orange dress? Oh God, what's her name? Not Violet, but no, Violet's the one with the green. Um, oh gosh. Oh god. Oh, uh, and I should know this. No. 
But she was when when she said, "You're hopeless, Charlie Brown." And oh right, I, yeah. Oh, she was not nice. I'm like seriously, and that shaped me too because when I would watch these Charlie Brown specials growing up, and with Lucy and the football, it prepared me it for for failures in life. But then you go into Char- Charles Schultz's head and you watch uh, a documentary on PBS, the American experience about Charles Schultz's life. You just realize it, it's he's not preparing us for life. It's more of an allegory to what it was like for Charles Schultz growing up in Minnesota and all the rejection he felt and all the insecurities that he felt. And I guess that that can be said for each and every single one of us. But when I was a kid, I didn't understand it. I thought that they were saying that, I, you know, I'm a, I'm hopeless. I'm a blockhead. And, you know, th- that low hanging fruit, self-esteem, Charlie Brown punching bag, it kind of put some perspective into my life as a little kid. I'm like, oh, this is very profound. I don't know if they're telling me that I'm, I'm a blockhead or, or what they're trying to accomplish. And I'm like, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and yet I still wanted to escape to that world because everybody on that show was just hopelessly mean to Charlie Brown and Linus. Well, I mean, he had an awesome pet, at least. <laughs> Though even Snoopy's a little mean to him from time to time. A little bit, but uh, that was so cool. I always wanted to sleep on top. I, I, I always wanted to get a doghouse just to sleep on top of it as a kid. <laughs> just to do play, that. Play, maybe maybe play a little Red Baron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, the Charlie Brown Christmas, you go back and you, you appreciate it, and you appreciate it as an adult when he starts reciting the Bible, which at the time was very controversial, Dave Lindquist, for anybody to recite anything religious on a children's special. But the public loved it. And that is why it stands the test of time. And you don't have to be religious or spiritually inclined to appreciate uh, Linus and the spotlight talking about our Lord and Savior. And when they come together and they, they build the they build the tree and they help him out and they're all singing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, if that doesn't get to you during this holiday season, then you don't have the Christmas spirit. And, and and that's one that like to this day a, a network will pick it up and air it every year like as they should is, is just just remains you know? and it shouldn't be canceled it shouldn't be removed it should stand the test of time I'll tell you right now getting back to the the uh, twas the night before Christmas because Santa obviously as you know how the poem ends as hopefully we all do he saves the day and. Those are the things that signify the holiday spirit to me. And that's what, for me, Christmas, that's what I I look forward to in Christmas. I mean, besides hanging out with with family and, you know, exchanging gifts and 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 talking to them. As you get older, the gifts don't mean as much, but the the memories. Because when when I get older, uh, it's not about the... The, so much the, the what I'm getting in return because it's so much it's so much hell to get more stuff 
you want to, I mean, you have two kids and I hope to have kids someday. Um, and even, even if it doesn't happen, I, I have nieces and nephews, but it's about creating experiences. And I'm sure that's what you want with your kid. You don't, or, or your two kids, Dave, uh, you don't want to give them things. I mean, I know you want to give them things, but you want to give them an experience because experiences are more meaningful than gifts. And I think that's how parents should be raising their kids if they haven't gone back to realizing that it's all about the experience and the spirit of the holiday season and also year round. Yeah. Now I'm going to get I, all, I, I, I'm wax poetic here. But. No, no, I, I, th- I think you're spot on there, Dave. And I, I mean, I think that speaks to kind of the nature of our show too. And, and like a less emotional sort of Im- important level, the, the nostalgia people have for these things isn't just like, oh, wasn't that awesome? It's like, you know, watching one of these specials, especially, you know, not necessarily just, you know, all the shows we've covered, but it brings you back to a certain time and a certain place. And that fe- that feeling you had when you were a kid where, you know, everything was maybe a little heightened and, you know, that much more important and not necessarily the gifts, but like, and a lot of these have that kind of, these kind of messages baked into the specials too. Like it's, you know, importance of the time the you know importance of family like you know experiencing life like i i I mean if i'm remembering right a lot of these specials as a kid like kind of harped on that gift thing in particular how it's not it's not about the gifts was like a big message i remember being kind of like hammered into me from this kind of stuff as a kid in these kind of shows and i'm like yeah it's not it's about you know spending time with family like traditions i think are a big thing for me now i'm thinking i'm thinking i think a lot about my family traditions as a kid and like we it's christmas morning we have my grandparents and uncle come over to our house and we open gifts there christmas eve we would go over to my great aunt and uncle's house meet up with other family there my great uncle who owned a bar would make like wassail for people and um this guy who was a friend of the family would come dressed up as santa and like talk to the kids every year we had uh we had this thing in my town where uh the fire department put it on where uh someone dressed as santa rode on the back of a fire truck and came around town and stopped at various places around town and people would go wow. and like visit santa on the back of the fire truck and it's 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 like those memories that like come to mind first and foremost. Not not the time I got like the action figure I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Even though that's pretty cool, you said it. It's the memories. Did you ever go with your parents, you and your brother Dave, to the neighborhoods that had the lights and the little lumineers in in the in the paper bags where they would light a candle and they set it all up and down the street and just drive by that so more so than that um we had like some cool attractions around new england i don't know if you ever went to like edaville railroad as a kid there's this no. little like railroad where you you'd go around and they had sort of light displays set up there was like a shrine that had that one of the big department stores downtown i'm forgetting i think if it was like a f- old filene's or yeah, in downtown Crossing. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Marsh or whatever had all these old, old, like, I think from the they, 40s, 50s, these little animatronic, uh, the display is still around to this day. They, I, they, I was just going to say, they still have that if you go to downtown Crossing. Yeah, my, my local bowling alley, weirdly enough, in Natick had probably, like, 
I'd say 50 of those, the old, I'd say 40s, 50s, maybe early 60s, like the animatronic Christmas decorations moving around, that kind of stuff. We go and see that, but I don't think there was ever one like particular neighborhood we'd drive to or anything like that. Did you have one of those nearby somewhere? So there was a place in Billerica, some neighborhood that we used to drive to, and they had all these holiday displays, and we used to drive up and down. And we did that for a couple Christmases. And there was a street in Westford, Massachusetts called Beaverbrook, Beaverbrook Drive, excuse me. And they used to do the holiday lights and they had the little lumineers. And that was something nice that Westford did every holiday season. And we used to drive up there every Christmas Eve. And uh, we haven't done it since. That's so uh, cool. But it, it was very cool. And uh, you mentioned the figurines at the old Filene's basement in downtown crossing. They still have that at what is now Macy's. And uh, we did that one year and they, uh, they were amazing. And I thought that we should make this a yearly thing. We didn't, but it was something that we thoroughly enjoyed. Um, in addition to going to first night in Boston, uh, yeah, as a kid seeing the parade for every New Year's, uh, but uh, Jordan's Furniture has uh, the the animatronics at their Avon store this year. Yeah, and the old Jordan Marsh blueberry muffins, I think, down there. So <laughs> see, I never had those, but I heard about that oh, years man. later. <laughs> I heard so about good. those secondhand. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, oh, this is Nelson. So a little bit about one of my. Um, my my mom's family members, uh, they uh, married into Mrs. Nelson's Candy House, which is a big candy house here in the Merrimack Valley. Uh, you get off exit 31 or whatever mile market is now off uh, U.S. Route 3 in Chelmsford. It's right by the Demoulis Market Basket right across from the Stop and Shop. It's this old candy house. It's been around for probably 75 years and you walk in and there's all sorts of chocolates and uh, because the Swedes, they do chocolate wicked well. <laughs> and we used to make that a tradition uh, as well. Mrs. Nelson's candy house. Um, uh, hey, what can I say? They're sort of family. It was actually my grand uncle who married into that family. That's so cool. That's so cool that those kind of places exist. There was uh, still exists. I went to, yeah. What's the one? I went to something like that called. Uh, oh God, it's just like out past Framingham on Route Nine somewhere. It's, there's a, a candy mansion. It's like a big <laughs> old house that is turned candy factory kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I know. It's been is around it... forever. It's it's big on Easter. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, the the one we used to drive to when we go back to upstate New York and and the the southern uh, Adirondack region where my mom grew up. Uh, we used to go out on the thruway, but traveling down to the thruway in the Mass Pike, we used to uh, go past Hebert's Candy and Hebert, Ice Cream. He Hebert, that's what I'm thinking of. That's Shrewsbury, think maybe Shrewsbury. Does it? No, the right? one we were thinking. No, no, no. The one we passed. It might have been. It might have been Shrewsbury. Um, uh, but the one we passed was right off Exit 27, off 495 in Bolton. And I used to get excited. I'd be like, he birds, he birds, he birds, he birds. And my my parents never stopped at he birds. Now it's Colonial Candies. And um, I don't know if the he birds got bought out. They also had a location out in Stockbridge. 
uh, but the, you can still see the sign Colonial uh, uh, Candy and Ice Cream, and they have for each holiday they have the the stuffed yeah. uh, figures, the the kind of the blow up figurines uh, that you have. Kind of uh, they have, I think they have a Snoopy doll with a hat. <laughs> That, that like a giant inflatable Snoopy doll that they put up for the holiday season, and That's then great. they do things for Halloween, and they do things for St. Patrick's Day and uh, and, and Easter, and uh, it's kind of a cool thing. I still haven't gone, but uh, Lizzie says that we went, and I don't remember, but maybe maybe she went and I didn't. But uh, yeah, no, he, he, um, uh, my girlfriend went to Hebert's growing up, and uh, somehow I, I I I guess supposedly we did. We just we just never went, but you know. Anyway, no, no, those candy houses—they you don't see those anymore, too, and and that's kind of sad. Although, yeah. you know, if you think about it, they do kind of have a creepy aura about them. You know, the way they're built up like gingerbread houses. And when you're a kid, it's so innocent, but as an adult, you're like, uh, our parents let us go in some place like that, <laughs> unsupervised. Oh man, yeah, that's just me. Uh, so, so. so- before we get off the specials, yeah, uh, you got. I wanted you, to, you, I wanted to clarify something. Yeah, go for it. So yours, you, the block you recall airing were 1987, right? What network did you say you thought oh, this they was were? CBS? So CBS crazy, Spirit. Oh yeah. <laughs> the crazy thing uh-huh. is um, that eye that used to stare at you every top and bottom of the hour that used to read. This is CBS. And <laughs> no. you hear Don Robertson's voice and you're like, oh my God, that eye is talking to me. So the the two specials that came first to my mind when I was thinking about doing this were the Garfield one I mentioned before. Of course. Yeah. And, and I was on CBS, um, yeah. break, breaking away from the stop motion. Um, sure. Uh, but kind of connected. Uh, you were mixing up with uh, Will Vinton, the guy who did Claymation. There was a Claymation yeah, the California Christmas Raisins. special. Sure. The California yep. Raisins special, and it's like narrated by those two dinosaurs. Both of those aired back-to-back yep. uh, and launched and aired each year, but they were at 1987 CBS as well. Like, that was the year, like, like oh, yeah, those two Christmas specials originated from then. Like, big, big fan of both those two, especially the Claymation one. I've even, like gone back and watched that recently and some of the musical numbers hold up kind of interestingly um they used to have the ad that aired during the 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 special that i mentioned the the heard it through the grapevine yes yes wait can we sing that <laughs> without getting uh ass cap no. yeah right uh, oh god all right. Yes, I remember. Yes, they're doing the. I heard it through the grapevine, and they're dancing, and and then the the the, the wife's like, "Honey, are you playing with your food again?" <laughs> and the dude's just like opening up his fridge, and he sees a bunch of dancing raisins with sunglasses and doing doing all the funky Motown dances and break dances yep. of the the 1980s. Uh, oh yeah. No. So so the special I ultimately picked was also a 1987 special. Ooh. Unfortunately, we're going to have to break away from CBS for this one. I, I, I no, hope. Go Netflix. for it. Are we going to the so, Peacock or the Alphabet? Uh, uh, the, we'll, we'll go Alphabet with this one. Okay. Um, so the, the Muppets have had like a long history, and, and Jim, the Jim Henson Company in general have had a long history of you know, Christmas specials and stuff along those lines. John Denver, I think, had like a general <laughs> holiday one and a Christmas one with the Muppets. You've you got did the, like, not, uh, did yeah, you? you? No, no, no. You've got the amazing, like, classic 
uh, Emmett Authors Jug Band Christmas. Of course. Which is like a great special. Um, you know, early 90s, uh, there's a Muppet Christmas Carol special. Uh, Sesame Street in the late 70s, there's like a Christmas Eve on Sesame Street one. Fraggle Rock had another one. Yes. Um, Muppets had like uh, the Muppet Christmas toy. And then they had like a slew of other ones uh, in the early 2000s. But but the one that like stands out to me more than any other Christmas special is in 1987. There's this movie called um, A Muppet Family Christmas. Are you familiar yep. with this? By any of chance? course. Yeah, absolutely. So this is... You know, this is before your like big crossover movies, like your 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 Avengers, where you have your your Thor's and Captain Americas and whatnot coming together. And you know, my brain could not handle the crossover that was a Muppet Family Christmas. So I'll, I'll just kind of walk through the plot here. Is that good? Roll out the holly. Yeah. So 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 we start with um, Fozzie Bear's mother in a farmhouse. Mm. has uh has rented out her house and is you know going away somewhere i think she's going to malibu for the holidays and she's rented out her house and we have crossover one hitting right here it's uh doc from fraggle rock and his dog sprocket have rented the house to, to, to get out of town for the holidays they show up there they're excited and who shows up on um Fozzie's mother's door, but Fozzie and surprise, he's brought all his friends, the Muppets, to come and stay with her and have like a nice, like old fashioned Christmas at the farm. So, uh, for some reason or another, Doc opts to continue to stay there, and you have this kind of merging of all of them and the beginning of this amazing running running joke about there being like an icy patch at the door starts. This mm-hmm. like runner of the icy patch keeps happening throughout that episode. As as the episode progresses, I'll just hit highlights here. Um, you you hear caroling outside, and they open the door to reveal, "Hey, wait, is that Big Bird?" And the entire cast of Sesame Street is like hanging out outside, caroling, and then all get you know invited in and come and join in. And there are a bunch of musical numbers throughout this episode. Uh, at one point, the Muppets are like looking through their. Um, their home home videos and they cut back and it's a scene of just like muppet baby type characters so you work in that property too and they're like oh look at us as little kids and uh in in the chaos of all of this uh kermit and robin wander away and they you know go down to the basement and they see this little hole in the wall and robin's like what is that uncle kermit he's like well i think i've heard stories about these and they wander through the hole and poof they're in fraggle land and they have like this whole scene with the fraggles and how they've got their own like special holiday that involves like giving a stone back and forth so they come upstairs have all sorts of like big musical numbers together and you know sing songs miss piggy finally shows up because she's been caught in a storm (laughs) and you know some great musical numbers there's an awesome little uh, Jim Henson actually shows up himself at the end. There's a good yep. little cameo where he's washing dishes with Sprocket, I think. And it just, oh, my favorite special ever. There's like this spectacular back and forth with uh, this turkey Muppet um, gets introduced to the Swedish chef who's trying to like eat him the entire episode. And eventually the turkey like figures out how to distract the Swedish chef by uh, pointing him over toward Big Bird. <laughs> and the Swedish chef is like, oh, whoa, there's a big turkey. 
So it's just like, uh, it's just great. And, you know, tying everything together and the TV recording of it I had was the best thing because I bought a DVD of it years later and like half the things missing because they couldn't get the music rights to the bulk of it. And I've since found it on YouTube. Time and content. Yeah. Just, Mm. yeah. But so, yeah, so there must have been something about 1987. So these specials and that one, I just, I don't know. There's something about that special. I just, I think it's on YouTube. yeah, we, yeah, with the commercials. and I watched it on YouTube four years ago. Yeah, yeah uh, I probably I didn't watch it as a kid, but I watched it years later as an adult, and uh, that special had me at Fraggles. Yeah, yeah, it, it's Fraggles. just any and everything. It's just. Oh. Do you think this is really Fraggle Rock? Well, I don't know, but if I were a Fraggle, I think this is the kind of place I'd hang out. Wait a second. I thought I heard something. Guess not. Well, hi there. Uh, hi, hi yourself. Uh, you're Fraggles. I'll say, but you're not. I'll say. Uh, no, I, I'm Kermit. This is Robin. Uh, we're frogs. Uh, what's a frog? <laughs> They're frogs. Mm-hmm. I'll say. Don't touch them. Frogs are probably noted German carriers. Oh, well, actually, we just came down here to wish you all a Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you. Nice. Uh, what's Christmas? Yeah. Oh, don't you have Christmas? No. Oh, that's when you gather together with the people you love and you wish each other peace on Earth. Oh, we have a time like that. Yes, we do. As a matter of fact, we're celebrating it right now. You see, we give each other little presents. I'm giving Boober this nice yellow pebble. <laughs> and I gave Mookie that pebble last year. Yeah. And I gave it to Red the year before that. And I gave it to you, Wembley, the year before that. <laughs> that pebble's been a gift 37 times. Did you have the Fraggle Rock uh, stuffed animals growing up? Dave? no i much later i got some one one in one of those crane game like vending machine type things but that must have been you know late 90s or so but yeah big big fan of that show too um big fan of the baseline and the theme song if doom, i'm being honest doom, it's like the doom, coolest doom, thing doom, ever dude with, yeah. with sprocket ba- uh, uh, banging yep. his head doom-ts, doom-ts, and then mm-hmm. go well just going crazy and did you ever, when you saw the little doozers uh, uh, with their um, eating the the little sticks and whatnot, did you ever think that the sticks were real f- food? Or well, what was it? It was like radish based or something. They turned yeah, it, it into. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like they were like it, w- it was like bees making honey out of flowers. Like I couldn't process like how, how did radishes turn into that? But yeah, yeah, I'm now, like, I want to eat that. What is it? Which fraggle did you? Uh, identify with the most, oh, or which Muppet? We, it, can, it doesn't have to be Fraggle. Oh man, Muppet, Muppet's tough. Uh, Muppet, uh, I, I wanted to be a Gonzo, if that makes sense. Like, I want to sure. be that like weird sort of like Aww. independent, like don't care what anyone thinks about me kind of thing but uh i feel like i was probably more of a fozzy being but specifically like i, I can see you as a fozzy fozzy Fuzz, being insulted by statler and waldorf feeling uh, uh, I, I can see like, that with you like, it was very awkward so i can yeah oh man what muppet I, I like that how about you do you have a go-to muppet um in my case it would be dr teeth uh and... <laughs> <laughs> that's an unfair um, answer that's too cool um, uh, Gobo's my, uh, my fraggle. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, Grover would probably be my Sesame Street Muppet. Uh, I don't know what else uh, I could. Yeah, yeah, probably be Gobo, you know, but in actuality, I was probably more of a Wembley, just kind of the annoying sidekick. Um, <laughs> but did you like I, when I watched those specials, I used to want to sleep in a cave, uh, you know, the little cave holes like where oh, yeah. uh, like the fraggles. Did you ever want to do that with like just I mean, the, the, the way they, they lived their lives and slept uh, that, that that's how I wanted to do it. And I, I would always try to. uh dig holes into the wall to try to, you know, and my parents weren't too happy about that. I would try to sleep like one of the Fraggles and my mom, mom's like, well, Fraggles, that's just, those are Muppets, David. <laughs> no, but it's one of those ones, like when you're a kid, you're like, this could really exist. Like there, there's, there, there's a hole in the wall to a tunnel somewhere. Like I remember that. And, uh, do you oh, remember yeah. David, do you remember David, the gnome? Yep. Yes, I do. So, like, that plus there is a book kind of based around it, like a similar gnome book. I'm like, I'm going to find one of these things. These must be real. Like, off in the wood corner of the woods somewhere, like a hole in a tree or a hole in the ground. Yeah, that kind of thing I totally helped my alley. Mm, of course, uh, Jerry Reeves was the uh, was in Boondock Saints. A lot of people uh, either remember or don't remember that uh, the old man, Doc, was uh, was in Boondock Saints. Uh, oh, wow, he died. Yeah, a, right. He died a couple of years ago, believe it or not. And it's crazy because he looked pretty old when Fraggle Rock was around. Yeah. Uh, you know, you figure he would have died years, years earlier. But no, he lived a pretty, pretty good life. He, he was a Canadian actor. Uh, but I remember um, just thinking to myself that when one day they're going to meet the Fraggles and and Doc and, and Sprocket, and guess what? They finally did in the final episode. I thought that was, and as I get and when and as I get older, I, you know, I appreciate the Fraggles more than when I watched it as a kid, and I think my father does too because my father uh, was watching it one day and he got all sentimental because it was something that Lizzie and I grew up with. Um, yeah, Lizzie was she had a Moki doll and red, but she gave me her red doll because that was somebody who was more my type kind of a, a free spirit kind of wild and i probably identified with red fraggle a lot more um although moki was pretty i wanted to date her and again <laughs> these were muppets but i could see myself dating a red other i mean a relationship but i could see myself with a red fraggle a moki it's like oh moki's out of my league but <laughs> Then I remember I love they're it. Muppets. And uh, <laughs> Uncle Traveling so, Matt was probably I always wanted to have an Uncle Traveling Matt who would just learn how to fly a kite. Dear nephew Gobo. So we, we can't do this right now. And honestly, I'm not a big fan of the show I'm going to mention, but like I'm suddenly making parallels in my head. Uh -huh. I think you could match up Fraggles and uh, characters on Friends pretty easily. If anyone else wants to write in and do that, I feel like I feel like they're at least like the majority of them. They're like direct one for one matches. to. The so Boomer like, hey, would be what, what, Joey? I Yeah, right. Or... Wembley, you think Wembley would be Chandler, and and Ross would be Gobo, and I think Red would be Phoebe, 
and oh, interesting. Rachel would be Rachel would no, be you're going a different. Are but you she's sure? got the whole hippie thing too. I feel like that's more of a Phoebe. Moki, you think so? The kind uh, of like you know, I, I no because Phoebe's man, more the free speaking, spirit in red, like, and red is more. The yeah, queen. that's true too. Yeah, there's a I, way I, of doing this. Uh. <laughs> th- yeah, um, it's probably. I mean, I could see Rachel more of a, a Moki type, um, but that's yeah, that's another show for another time. And we're leaving out Courtney Cox Arquette, who is now just Courtney Cox. <laughs> Did you ever watch that David Arquette special on him becoming a wrestler? On it's on oh, Netflix. Gosh. Yeah, there. It, it, I, oh. I I remember that in the moment, and I went to see some awful movie he was in. Ready to rumble? With, yes, that with was the it. Singing yeah. nuns. Yeah. <laughs> singing, we're yeah, but, not going to take it. Yeah. Twist oh, his God, that was awful. Oh. <laughs> that doesn't happen in real life, by the way. Uh, <laughs> He's so ADHD in real life uh, that it's not a, just a character. He really oh, yeah. is just all over the place. He just bounces off the walls, which if anybody knows me, I'm like, I'm kind of like that. But even <laughs> I have my limits and David Arquette does not have an off switch and I think Courtney Cox just got sick and tired of him. And she's in the documentary. She said he wants to be a wrestler and I'm waiting for him to be an adult and raise our kids. And sure enough, he marries somebody who looks and sounds exactly like Courtney Cox. So David Arquette, he has a type. <laughs> he does. It's actually a really good documentary if you're into wrestling or if you follow WCW wrestling or if you're one of those few who follow David Arquette through his wrestling journey. Um, check that out. I forget the name of the documentary. Just type in David Arquette on Netflix or or who um, it, it's out there. Um, but it was uh, um, it, it was interesting, kind of sad and, and kind of had a nice ending, but um yeah, he's he's an interesting dude. Uh, very, yeah. a very very interesting dude. Uh, but yeah, no, the the I can I can definitely uh, that's good thinking the correlation between the Fraggles and Friends. Um, I, I swear there's something there. Um, there should is. we get into the cereal? Let's do it. Let's yes, let's All go. Right, I, All right, we got I, I, fruity holiday pebbles right here. I was able yeah. to pick it up. Tis the season, folks. Yes, it still exists. We'll be right back on the Frosted Side Holiday Edition. Don't go away. Yummy fruity pebbles in a bowl. Oh, here comes you know who. Yabba dabba fruit delicious do. Oh, ho, ho, I'm hungry. Santa, my pebbles! Your pebbles! Tis the season to be sharing, Fred. Happy holidays, pal. Oh, Fred. Fruity and Cocoa Pebbles cereals, part of this nutritious breakfast. <laughs> 
again for a limited time this year, you'll find a very special countdown to Christmas poster. And it's yours free just for buying 7-Up and Cherry 7-Up. What a great way to share in the feeling of Christmas. It's the perfect time to stock up on 7-Up's clear, crisp, clean refreshment. And kids get to build Santa's beard as they count off the days to Christmas. Get your free countdown to Christmas poster when you buy 7-Up and Cherry 7-Up. 7-Up has the feeling of Christmas. Tis another December shopping season, and before you know it, the big red guy with the giant white beard will be coming down your chimney. So make your family and friends the envy of Saturday mornings by logging on to tpublic.com where you can get your hands on some frosted side merch. Sweatshirts, mugs, masks, it's all there on tpublic.com. All you've got to do is type in the frosted side. Complete your holidays shopping. <laughs> holidays, I like that. And help out your favorite podcast. That's tpublic.com slash the frosted side. Not bad. Tis the season. Oh that my goodness. Send me back. Smell the bossom's fur, folks. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, it really does taste red and green. So we're trying fruity holiday pebbles or holiday fruity pebbles. Um, you remember the ads from the 80s. It's red and green. It's, you know, it's basically like regular fruity pebbles. and <laughs> Colored slightly it, differently. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know if they still do it. I didn't see one when I was up. I think Rice Krispies kind of did the same thing. The red and green uh, Rice Krispies that don't taste any different, but they make for Better Rice Krispie treats. Yeah. Holiday and, Captain uh, Crunch. Yeah. Yep. So um so I, I think the the reason I always think of this one first is like the Christmas cereal, like you were saying, is that commercial. Uh I as near as I could tell, it was harder to trace. Uh I think it goes back to nineteen eighty six and it's one of the ones where uh I think the trope of the commercials was always uh Barney's trying to get Fred's fruity pebbles. And in this one, uh, Santa gets involved somehow, and it's the one where he actually does give him the pebbles because in the spirit of Christmas, he's sort of sharing it. So it's the season, Fred. Like, yeah, it's the season. It's one of those ones. Well, that, that's like, a better one. You do a better for, uh, Barney than I do. You, you, yours is just you, <laughs> do it again. Do it again for the people. No, I I, I think they had their taste really <laughs> come here. No, um, Rub. Barney. I, I think Barney. I lost it. Oh, you lost it. But um, it's so low key. No. But it's one of those ones like you'll see re-aired to this day, sometimes even in the like four by three aspect ratio. And I feel like there aren't a lot of commercials you get that with. Like around the holidays, you'll get uh maybe some of the Coca-Cola like polar bear commercials that are re-air. And then the classic Folgers uh kid coming home for christmas one with the weird overtones to it oh are you talking about the kid that that uh, hugs his sister in an awkward way yeah yeah okay. yeah but they'll, think... but they'll re-air that one to this day like the or variations of it but like i feel like those and this fruity pebbles commercial from like the mid 80s are the only ones that like you just keep bringing back this no that's not true because if you can't holidays the old uh the old cadbury bunny uh-huh. Uh, Cadbury egg commercial. You'll still get that like weird, like kind of square, like bunny clucking like a chicken commercial. But like, it's only around the. Oh, wait, that's things, Easter like... though. I think that's for the yeah. Easter, and they have the pig, yeah, yeah. and they get the bunny yeah. ears. I like that one. But but you'll bring back. It's like holidays that these classic commercials return, and I think there have been a couple variations of the of the Pebbles one by the. 
I don't know. It just stands out to me as like the Christmas cereal thing. Like mm. it, it's not a holiday I really associate with cereal beyond like my uncle making rice crispy treats for it when I was a kid. But mm. yeah, th- think- th- this is the one that was like, oh. Well, I think rice crispy treats with the the the, the trees. Those were the ones that stood out for a lot of people in terms of holiday traditions besides baking cookies. Um, there's always kind of a, a, a an arms race between Pillsbury and Nestle Toll House cookies because that was a thing in the 80s, making cookies with grandma. And uh, well, at least oh, I, yeah. I don't know if we did it with our grandma, but uh, it was certainly um, she used to go down Market and to us. Yeah. Marketed to us. Just that, again, that wholesomeness. You don't see wholesomeness anymore. That's... Well, well, this is the, the, I mean, this commercial specifically for this stuff is like the perfect example of that in that it's like rampant commercialism and like super wholesome. Like now, now's the time to share your pebbles that you must buy for the holidays because here are your special holiday pebbles. <laughs> but remember... it just feels like it's the perfect intersection of everything for this. Yeah. Mm. Um, remember Fred fake fred flintstone after alan reed died years later and you can tell it wasn't the original <laughs> and he oh yeah we're doing it you know wake do is like barney my pebbles yep, yep. So that, oh god there's there's a lot of that right one. now mm. um, my you know, older kids been watching a lot of uh, sesame street lately Mm-hmm. And most of the voices are so different, especially Big Bird. Once Carol Spinney was gone, they they can't get that voice quite right. No, you it's, can't. It's it's like jarring to me. Or when Jim Henson died, which I know is a sore spot for you and a lot of people listening, but he couldn't get the the Muppets right after that. I know they parodied yeah. it on Family Guy, but we kind of do have wrong sounding Muppets. Yeah, yeah. No, waka absolutely. waka. <laughs> Waka um, waka. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I I don't think there's a lot to be said for this other than like it was kind of an awesome commercial and they still air it to this day. Like you know, it's the same the same as it was cereal. Like I, I saw a lot of Christmas stuff um on the shelves and I'm not sure if we even touched on this one in a previous year or anything, but nothing looked like it was really different other than coloration. Other than I saw um no right, which I know exactly. I've had before uh, sugar cookie crunch. They had like a cinnamon yep. toast crunch variation that was sugar cookies. I feel like I remember having it and it being like, eh, the original's a little better, but it's interesting. We'll have to have that next Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I remember it's not a holiday cereal, but Cracklin' Oat brand. They used to air that commercial years later, and you used to see the ad. It looked like it was shot back in 1990 because yep. they had the guy, the woman with the kind of a curly, frizzy hair, and the dude with the wire rim glasses, and yeah, uh, you can see the font, and you could see the camera style, the lens at the time. It was definitely shot. Looked like it was shot in 19. 19- wow. 90 and they would re-air that this was post september 11th they'd re-air this ad and it would just be in with ads of the day and then it would be the two the couple um she would be like did you eat all my crackling oat brand and then he's like i did not do that i did not and then she gives him the look like oh maybe (laughs) maybe i I touch your crackling oat brand I gotta have some. That, we gotta revisit that. I have. I don't think I've had crackling oat bran in. Oh, it's like years. crack. It it, my, it 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 really is. They put the crack in crackling oat bran. Just as my, a spoiler alert, if anybody wants to try it, um, 
do it if if you need uh if if you need a fix so we it, it was i remember being really calorically dense and we used to get it all the time, but my brother nearly choked to death on a piece of it and kind of fell well, out of so favor in the family after that. But, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm glad you got to be careful. You got to chew slowly. Um, interestingly enough, if you watch Christmas Vacation, you know the scene where the, the cat shits all over the jello mold and Bethany's oh, jello mold? That is oh. actually watered down. When you look at that, that's watered down crackling oat bran. Somebody, they, they uh, one of the PAs just. Why soaked do you it. know this? That's why I'm here. I love that you were able to bring it back around to a Christmas movie. Too. <laughs> Aunt Bethany, oh, does your God, does your cat uh, does your cat by any chance? Uh, I can't do Chevy Chase, and you know, thank goodness. Do we? I think I feel like we need to end on this. Like, Let's the, end on that. The perfect full circle moment. Why are you gonna? Great. Why are you gonna go uh, take a take a hoof in the in the bathroom? <laughs> Did I make your stomach turn? Mm. Oh gosh. Oh, but I know f- favorite Christmas movie is yours, Elf. Would you say that's your favorite? I would say it's my second favorite. My first would be National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Even there though I yeah. watch it, it gets. No, that's not true. Let's take it. Home Alone, first one. Second one would be uh, Christmas Vacation. Third would be Elf. And like uh, the non in the non animated holiday uh, section. So those are my top three. Uh, rounding out the top two, I uh, this is all, the there. Uh, I gotta think about that one. It would probably be would. Would Fitzwillie be considered a holiday film with Dick Van Dyke? Would that be considered a holiday oh, film? Uh, you know what? I've never actually seen it. I mean, I from what I know of it, the the connections are close enough that yeah. So I put that in top four, and then rounding out top five would be Die Hard, which is a Christmas movie. No debate. Nice. Yep. Nice. Oh, t- oh, I'm I'm not sure I can come, even come up with my favorite five off the top of my head, but yeah, ho- I think Home Alone's number two on there, and Vacation's three, so we're pretty close on that. Number one yeah. for me's got to be Gremlins. Ah. I love Gremlins, and you know, I think that's another one of those ones along the lines of Die Hard, where you get the people like annoyingly arguing, like that's a movie set at Christmas. It's not a Christmas movie. Wow. And, I I used to love it's it's become hacky at this point and overplayed and there's like merchandise everywhere and it's kind of put me off to the movie a bit but I used to love um, a Christmas story. You know that's something that my aunt and my uncle will tell you it's one of their favorites and I I, I agree it's it's hacky and it's not horrible as you get older but as a kid you're you're watching it and you're like this isn't th- this is this is not for me and why tbs played it it still plays it on a on a continuous loop each and every single year well i guess there's an audience for that see my mom's family they love christmas story especially my aunt my uncle up on the north shore and um they got my uncle the 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 leg um, with with the stocking foot, the the, the fishnets and, and, and the oh lamp. yeah, well and that's what I'm talking. Finger. I think that's I, I think that's what killed it for me is like all the merchandising yep. of it and like it became like this this movie that suddenly everyone's into like decades later and kind of like oh, I I thought that was a weird quirky one that me and a few other people enjoyed but then it's kind of well, uh, Darren... you know a s- sleeper one now that I think about it? I really liked Scrooged with Bill Murray. 
Oh yeah. I feel like that's one not yes, one people I go do. back and revisit a ton, but there's there's the really funny and like it's got a little heart to it too, and it's like strangely dark in places. I remember being kind of freaked out about some some of it as a kid. I liked it. I liked all of it as a kid. I watched it on yeah. W the old W WLVI TV fifty six when yes. they were an independent yep. station. Yep. That's when they used to show oh, movies man. on Saturday night, especially the holiday movies. Um, um, and I just want to give these two an honorable mention. I don't. Um, one of them was shown around the holidays, but it wasn't necessarily a holiday or Christmas film. But uh, uh, Friendly Persuasion with Anthony Perkins, Gary Cooper, and Dorothy McGuire. It's about turn-of-the-century Mennonites in Indiana, and I wonder who's kissing her now. Again, not Christmas movies, but they were shown around the holidays for some reason. And again, it's that old school MGM that I kind of appreciate. Um, yeah. And um, White Christmas, of course, and um, It's a Wonderful Life. And I never got into Miracle on 34th Street. Neither the, the colorized 1947 or the, the 1994 with, with Mara Wilson. I never got into the Natalie Wood or Mara Wilson. Yeah, me uh, neither. Version. It, it was just, I mean, my father liked it, but my uh, I didn't uh, for for whatever reason. Uh, and I'm sure there's some other, oh, and uh, Holiday Inn. Um, yeah, some honorable mentions right there. Um, but definitely not in my top five. They're just, if you see them on yeah. TV, watch them, enjoy, takes you back. And other than that, you know, the, the, those are the Home Alone stands above and beyond because so many memorable quotes and it stands the test of time to this day. And you, We're the right age for it when it came out, too. We, and my mom took us. Did, did, did you, do you remember when your mom took you to the theater? Your parents took you to the oh, theater? Oh, yeah. We, I, I, I saw that for my birthday. It was oh, uh, my, God. my birthday party. It must have been second grade. So had like four or five friends come and was just like obsessed with that movie for like well until the sequel came out a year my, or two afterward we had a choice between my uh, edward scissorhands and home alone my mom said you're not going to like edward scissorhands dave so let's go and watch home alone and i loved it uh, my favorite scene the one that stood out for me was with the map with the, with the fire and how he's going to get uh, the wet bandits it yeah. still stands out and i'm like i just start giggling the way that a six-year-old should uh, and and once i saw that it stuck with me forever and uh saw that the old uh, uh well it's still there thankfully but the tingsboro uh cineplex 12 right off of uh middle six turnpike and right across from the pheasant lane mall in on the new hampshire massachusetts border nice uh, it was a it was a good time had by yeah. all and the, it still holds up to this day and one thing i will say about darren mcgavin from a christmas story is that i didn't think that was his best performance as an actor and yet i i, I love him years later in in billy madison which uh if yeah if you've been around me recently which i know you haven't in person um but kim has uh unfortunately because i've been torturing her with billy madison quotes doing the adam sandler voice just because uh <laughs> oh the sun tries to burn me but you wouldn't let it ultraviolet rays bad lotion good wait he was he was the father 
in the... Yes, he was. Yeah, oh, he was. Oh, God. I, I never put that together. That's funny. Yeah. That's Billy, funny. no, that pl- him, please, man. Billy, no gibberish tonight, I beg of you. That's, that's gotta daddy. Be one of, one, that's got to be one of his last roles ever, if I'm remembering. Pretty right. much, because like he, he died. He was t- not in a lot. No, because he died about 12 years later after that came out or something like that. Yeah, he was... Uh, he was definitely, you could definitely tell that he was the father in A Christmas Story. And I'm sure that's why Sandler hired him oh, along yeah. with Norm, the late great Norm. And um, of course, um, uh, Zero Mostel's son, Joss Mostel, and uh, yeah, <laughs> Bridget Wilson. Gatmel can be ours. <laughs> so hot. And I do this all the time. I, I mean, whenever I get frustrated now, or if I'm looking for something, I'm like, or if I see something on TV, I'll be like, and then Kim is like, can we not do the gibberish tonight? <laughs> she's listening right. If she's listening right now, Kimmy, sorry. <laughs> sorry, daddy. <laughs> Even oh I got sick God. of myself after that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I think at this point we're all gonna start speaking gibberish. And yeah, right. Uh, at, at the point, at, at the rate that we're going in society, it might not be such a bad idea. Yeah, I'm not that far off. Well, try to have a great Christmas, Dave. You, yeah, likewise, Dave. Born. Thank you very much, and uh, have a have a great holiday season to you guys out there. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Follow us, ask a question. We're on all streaming platforms. And also go to tpublic.com where you can find the Frosted Side merch, whatever you want this holiday season. It's all right there. You can see our name, the Frosted Side, with a cereal bowl, the purple, white, and the cereal bowl. You can't miss it. Dave, have a very happy holiday season to you. You too, Dave. All right. Bye, everybody. See you in 2022. That's good.